on a Wednesday, along with Adrian Paradis, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Here we go, two hours on this Wednesday, because we've got you covered. Pods and Dodgers, game two, what a game it's going to be. Clayton Kershaw against you, Darvish. This is what I'm talking about. If the Padres are going to get into this series and have a chance, they got to win tonight. you got to be Kershaw and make this a 1-1 series going back to San Diego for games three and four. Best of five. So this one, this one really is what it's all about. Yesterday, the Dodgers clobbered Mike Clevenger and torched him for five. Then they climbed back in, nibbling off of Julio Urias, but, man, that Dodger bullpen's tough. Both bullpens were great. I mean, this game was like 5-3 in the fourth or fifth, and it ended that way. So give both teams a lot of credit. Bullpens came in, did the job. Dodgers won. Pods had some chances, couldn't produce. You know, they had opportunities when they were getting a couple of their their top-of-the-lineup guys on base. But whether it was Josh Bell or Will Myers, uh, Jake Cronenworth, you know, they, they weren't able to drive him in when they needed to. And uh, as a result, Pods uh, need a must win tonight. Yeah, we've seen the uh, one of the strengths for the, the Dodgers is they start off fast, Steve. They, they can uh, kick your butt early on into games. And that's exactly what happened yesterday against the Padres. Although uh, San Diego really showed some spirit, some life, uh, you know, in the middle of this game. And you thought maybe they could come back. They were down just two runs, uh, like you mentioned, into the fourth. But, um, you know, you look at the Dodgers, they're, the way that they started off early, uh, I loved how Turner played yesterday as well. This is a tough team to beat, especially when they're at home, no doubt about it. That's why Padres have to play near perfect, and they have to get better production from their starting pitchers. They do. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. Now, we knew Mike Clevenger is more than... Listen, Clevenger is not Darvish. He's not Musgrove. He's not even Blake Snell. I mean, he is your fifth starter. And Mike Clevenger is not fully recovered from uh, Tommy John surgery because his stuff is not back. It's not even close to being what it was in Cleveland. So he's a free agent after this season, and I would uh, be very surprised if the long-haired hippie would be back in San Diego next year. The reason I say long-haired hippie is if you saw him at the uh, the uh, Chihuahuas games, he'd be out there stretching with his tie-dye shirt. He's got, uh, you know, sandals on in the outfield. I mean, look, Mike, if you stuck Mike Clevenger in a time machine and brought him back to 68, he'd fit right in. Be perfect for him. So, you know... And unfortunately, I don't think that he fits right in with this Padres team because they needed a big performance from him in game one. That's why they picked up his option. He was recovering from Tommy John. And unfortunately, Clevenger's not there right now. That puts a lot on you, Darvish, for tonight. It really does because uh, this is a must-win absolute for uh, the Padres. I don't see them necessarily winning three in a row whatsoever, especially against the Dodgers. You have to get on this team early. You have to take away home field advantage from them, and you have to go back to San Diego with a lot more uh, you know, fire under you versus what happened uh, uh, you know, in yesterday's game. The Padres have to get onto a good start early. And uh, Hey, by the way, anybody who wants to listen to it, they can listen to this one after Sports Talk today. Yeah, I'm excited about that. That's why we're wrapping the show up an hour early we're getting you ready for uh some um you know some baseball on espn radio phillies braves haven't even started yet that game might not start for another hour and a half because of the rain out there in atlanta how ironic would it be if that game gets underway after the dodgers padres you know the, the idea was have game one on fs1 go right into game two and you're all set 
Now you're probably going to, it's going to be interesting to see what Fox does because you're going to probably have simultaneous games going on tonight in the National League playoffs. Yeah, you're exactly right on this. I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know what, this is a TV scheduling nightmare right here. Uh, I will say this, when it comes to Phillies Braves, we talk about a must win for the Padres, must win for the Braves. They've already relinquished a little home field advantage on their side. They've got to reclaim a little bit more momentum on their end. I know they uh, finished yesterday's game with a little bit more spark, but uh, in this this one against the Phillies, absolute must win for the Braves. Uh, Kyle Wright on the mound for the bump. Yeah, it's interesting. It's really, really interesting. So uh, that's also uh, something that we'll be talking about here on the show today because guess what? Braves have to get a win tonight. If they go down 0-2 going back to Philly, they're not coming back for a game five. That series is pretty much over. Can you imagine if the Mets and Braves are both knocked out in the first two rounds and Philly, of all teams, is left standing in the NL East. That would be amazing. Yeah, take me back to June when we were questioning how bad of a defense the Phillies really had. And uh, it's not like they've overcome all of that right now. But, uh, hey, they've done enough to, uh, you know, go and, and warrant where they're at right now in the divisional round. And uh, Kyle Wright, he's the man to do it if there's anybody for the Braves. I mean, uh, one of the best win-loss records of all baseball, 21-5, yep. and five, uh, is how he finished off the season. And the 27-year-old, he'll have a tall uh, task in order to uh, try to shut down the, the Phillies in this game early. So, Atlanta could get some steam and, and try to beat, uh, beat them in this one. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you. Hey, you want to get in today on the show with uh, Jay Jaffe coming up in about 15 minutes from now, and then Bernie Olivas at 5. Those are our guests today as we get you ready for that baseball playoff game coming up top of the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, you can call us right now, 505-6009. That's 505-6009. If you're listening to us on our mobile app, you've got the ability to dial directly from the app. It's the coolest thing ever. It just says call into the show. You hit the button and it just dials us up. So if you um, you know ever uh, want to enjoy this program in crystal clear studio sound like you're with us in our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios, you can. How great is that? You can do it. Um, and it's that simple, folks. So we'd love to uh, have you with us and we invite you to join us from our 600 ESPN El Paso uh, Lubingo Studios. And speaking of these studios, Lubingo has proudly served the El Paso area for more than 45 years and recently announced a partnership with Oil Changers. Together, Lubingo and Oil Changers provide an oil change experience that stands out from the rest. I'm so happy to welcome Oil Changers to the Lubingo Studio family here at 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, nine past the hour as uh, we get going. UTEP Zay, welcome aboard, kiddo. Hope uh, that you are doing well. I also saw Chema walk into the building a little while ago. So, uh, yeah, it's our usual full house here uh, in the control room as uh, we get ready to go with uh, today's program. Uh, Good news, Cowboys fans. As you heard on SportsCenter with Adrian at the top of the hour, Dak has tested his thumb. Um, He thinks he's doing fine. His, his direct quote was, ask the receivers about his throwing, and yet, more than likely, Cooper Rush will start. Now, here is what is fascinating to me. This is the thing that I wonder. Will Dak dress out and be like an emergency backup so that if something happens to Cooper Rush in the Eagles game, you know you could always put in Dak if necessary? So you don't have to go with Greer 
as your backup quarterback against the Eagles. This is a this is a big one right here. Big news today. I thought we were going to get a different uh, response off, off the Dak side, but it was really positive as to his kind of progression back. But now you don't have to worry about him getting hurt against the Eagles. Now you don't have to worry about any kind of blowback if they drop the game against Philly because you know that would be the first thing Cowboy fans would say if Dak Prescott loses in his first game back is, oh, well, we need Cooper Rush. He went 4-0 and with us. Uh, Cowboy fans would be chiming for Cooper Rush for a wrongful reason. I mean, I believe believe it's Dak. He's the guy. It's not even close. Not even a question. Uh, Cooper Rush being the game manager on Sunday. I'm not counting the Cowboys out. They've got a stout defense and Cooper Rush has been playing great so far. Here is what Mike McCarthy had to say regarding what's next for Dak. Hang on one second. Maybe if I actually ran this with audio, we would uh, be able to hear from Mike McCarthy. Here we go. Prescott will go through the quarterback school, uh, the movement drills, and so forth, and he'll do some light throwing at the end of practice to the receivers. Well, I, I think just like anything, I'm, I think we're still in the medical rehab you know, phase. And so once he clears this phase and then when he's fully activated, you know, then, then I think we, that's when we have our conversation. Okay, so apparently uh, maybe he won't be dressing out this Sunday. So Mike McCarthy – you know, this is why I love the Cowboys. Because have you noticed how much McCarthy kind of errs on the side of caution like a head coach should, and Jerry Jones just says whatever the heck he wants to because he can, and they're completely different comments when both individuals decide to speak? Yeah, this is so funny. I mean, you have on one end, Mike McCarthy kind of giving a little bit more clarity from a coaching perspective. Then you have an owner who's just meddling into all of this business, and he really has no business in doing that. But, uh, you know, he just it's Jerry Jones being hands-on. It's Mike McCarthy being way more practical with this whole situation. And also, you know, other coaches, Steve, other general managers, they're kind of hands-off when it comes to this. They're, they're very non-committal either way, and they'll put uh, the quarterback or the player who might be injured on the injury report at the last minute possible. They won't telegraph uh, to the other team what the what their business is. The Cowboys are just way more transparent than other organizations. Oh, 100% right. 100%. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. So, anyway, that's a really interesting storyline that we're following right now as far as the, uh, the Cowboys go against the Eagles. Which, by the way, exactly what we expected. Exactly what we expected. So... Um, you know, I think it's a smart move. It's what I would do if I was the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy. And truth is, um, even if he's 100%, I mean, and that's the hardest part, is do you really want to risk uh, Dak against the Eagles, undefeated, playing so well on both sides of the ball? And I don't know if you do. So maybe they will dress out Will Greer as the backup, and if something happens to Dak, I mean, something happens to uh, Cooper, then they put Greer in instead of uh, bringing Prescott in, in relief. Yeah, there's no reason, even if it's a injury to Rush, there's no reason, in my opinion, to throw in Dak Prescott in this game whatsoever. Uh, having him there on the sidelines, just uh, helping out the team the way he can uh, while not playing is probably the best route to go. And Will Greer, while he's not necessarily that serviceable backup, I don't know if you're really going to have to worry about him checking in unless something uh, drastic happens to Cooper Rush. Meanwhile, the Atlanta Braves just tweeted out that the projected start time for their game two against the Phillies is 5.30 tonight here in El Paso. So 5.30 will be the start time for game two between the um, Phillies and the Braves. Really a must-win game 
for the Atlanta Braves. They got to get it done. And apparently, this game will be on Fox. Fox Network. So, I'm assuming that that's going to go on Fox, and then they'll put the uh, Dodgers and the Padres game on FS1. Yeah, okay, so that that makes a lot of sense. So they'll keep it within the Fox family of networks right there. Uh, for Braves fans, this one's going to go late into the night for them, I mean, out, out there, uh, versus what they thought. They thought it would just be an afternoon start. Uh, and now we've got, hey, this just means we got two games of baseball to go to. We can flip back and forth if one's bad and go to the other one. I, I kind of like this right now. I'm with you on that one. I'm with We'll you. make the most of this one. And how about the – this is so interesting. How about the Dodger hashtag – Win for Vin. Man. That's their playoff rallying cry. Win for Vin. I don't know if they're they're gonna lose another game after that one. <laughs> That's a great rally hashtag. Uh, yeah, that I have nothing to say other than that one is uh, superb right there. Great job by their social media team. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Jay Jaffe's coming up next. We'll talk baseball and beer. We'll get to your phone calls, your comments, your tweets, your messages on the app. Everything over the next hour and forty five minutes. The sports talk continues. But first, here he is, Charlie One, with our first traffic update of the afternoon. Back here on Sports Talk as uh, we get going uh, with our weekly baseball chat. Now that the playoffs are in full swing with the divisional series continuing in about an hour in Atlanta, followed by the Padres and the Dodgers, a game you'll hear right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Who better to talk uh, baseball postseason than our man Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs.com. You can follow him on Twitter at J underscore Jaffe. Uh, Jay, first off, uh, happy Wednesday, and man, oh man, uh, we had some uh, some fun baseball to watch yesterday, and if that is a, a sample of what the rest of the postseason is going to be like after the wild card round, uh, it should be some pretty good uh, some pretty good series to say the least. Yeah, it's been exciting to see uh, some of these games. I was at Yankee Stadium last night, so I could only intermittently catch uh, pieces of the. Um, NL games that were going on, but or the, or the other games that were going on. Um, but obviously, uh, the Astros' comeback was pretty amazing. Uh, the the, the Phillies-Braves game, which went right down to the last out, was pretty amazing. And, uh, um, you know, the, the Padres made it interesting after, after a rough start against the Dodgers. So, uh, really good opening day. The, uh, uh, the wild card series were, were uh, uh, definitely pretty fun. We had some upsets there. Um, but I'm still not sure I love this format, Yeah. Uh, particularly the lack of reseeding after the first round. But uh, right now, just uh, you know, trying to trying to live with it and enjoy it. Okay, so let me ask you this. Here's my here's my suggestion. If you're not going to reseed, okay, and uh, give me your thoughts on this. You'll do the three game wild card round. You'll move the uh, divisional series from best of five to best of seven. And let's just go ahead and reduce the regular season from 162 back down to 154. I mean, I, you know, I think I think reducing the regular season makes a little bit of sense. Um, you know, I and I think I'd, I'd rather see best of seven series. I still think there's no reason not to reseed. I mean, it's just you know, Major League Baseball seems to think that this is going to cause chaos, and fans won't understand what's going on. But come on, I mean. You know they had to they had to figure out the wild the uh, the tiebreaker system 
Um, and not to mention the, the way things were done in 2020. They can figure this out. It's not uh, no, you're right, but I think that best of five is tough for a divisional series. I mean, take, for example, the Braves right now, what they're going to be having to go through and what the Astros nearly went through yesterday until uh, some ridiculous bullpen decisions led to uh, an incredible uh, you know, game-winning home run by Jordan Alvarez to, uh, to keep the Astros alive. Yeah, there's no question. I think a best of seven is, is more likely to, uh, to give you a, a – uh, a more clear result than a best of five in terms of who the better team is. But, you know, in a short series, still anything can happen. And these are all, uh, by definition, short series, even at seven games. Somebody, I don't know what the, what the number was, but somebody said, what's the smallest number you would you would have to have for games, uh, you know, in a best of series, and it would, you know, the skill would, would, would triumph over the luck. And it's just, it's some unfeasible number. I can't remember whether it's like, 37 or 119, but it's just like it's just way out of the range of what's possible uh, for Major League Baseball to do. So, you know, it's a tournament. Uh, we need to treat it as a tournament. We also need to understand that this is very a very different uh, way of going about it than uh, you know than even 20 years ago um, with the original wild card system or whatever. To say nothing of the four division format or the uh, uh, the no the, the straight to the World Series pennant winner format. It's tougher to compare between. Jay Jaffe uh, talking baseball with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. By the way, Jay, uh, you wrote about uh, Garrett Cole. You mentioned you were there last night and how he finally takes the Bronx in October. I was on Twitter. Somebody mentioned, like, after the first or second inning when Cole had already given up uh, uh, that home run to Quam, that uh, that Garrett Cole is nothing more than a number two starting pitcher at best. And since the sticky stuff cracked down last year, he has uh, he has not been able to regain his dominance that made him a number one starter as dominant as he was. And I started thinking, you know, he might not be the same guy with the same numbers, but after giving up that home run and getting out of that bases loaded jam like he was in early in that game in the third, I thought that Garrett Cole pitched like a number one, not like a number two. Yeah, look, you know, we all saw Garrett Cole's performance take a bit of a hit last year when the when the sticky stuff crackdown happened. And yet, until the final weekend of the season, he and Robbie Ray were basically neck and neck uh, in terms of the AL Cy Young Award. And it was really, you know, Ray's last start versus Cole's last start that, that, uh, that produced uh, some daylight in terms of the decision-making. I mean, Cole was, you know, runner-up with the AL Cy Young. I mean, okay, yes, if, he'd, if everything had been going right, he would have won the AL Cy Young Award. So I think uh, that's overstated. At the same time, his fastball, um, and I've written about this a, a bit and, and re- referenced <laughs> some good work at Baseball Perspectives, but the shape of his fastball is different. He's throwing it a little bit more overhand. Uh, it's not the shape is not as unique as it's been. He's having a little bit more trouble locating it, and so it's getting hit harder, and that's been a problem for him. Um, but he's developed uh, his his curveball, uh, his knuckle curve, and that's become a real weapon for him uh, to complement his slider. And so there's just a lot of ways he could still beat you. And we saw last night we saw him shift gears uh, to using uh, you know which breaking pitch he was using and it it, it, it kept the twins off I mean the uh, the guardians off balance um, you know and suddenly after throwing 62 pitches in the first three innings he threw 35 over the next three and yeah. he fired 11 out of 12 hitters and and, and really you know gave the Yankees uh, time to uh, 
get their licks in against Cal Quantrill. Meanwhile, one of your colleagues, uh, Jake Mayotte at uh, Fangraphs, wrote about the Mariners' decision to bring Robbie Ray in to face Jordan Alvarez. And that game was actually going on while we are on the air. And when we were watching it, Jay, in real time, I know that Seawald, uh, you know, he brushed, uh, brushed a hitter and put him on first and then gave up that two-strike single up the middle to Jeremy Pena, who had been 0-4. for 4. But when we were looking at the uh, matchup of Robbie Ray, we were before they even brought him in, you realize that, number one, Jordan Alvarez hits lefties better than righties. He's got a 300 batting average, and he's got like almost 1,000 ops against uh, lefties. And uh, Robbie Ray has just been getting destroyed against the Astros this season. And I know it's just one batter, and you think maybe you can get him out, but you see what happened there, and it's easy to second-guess when something goes wrong. But Seawald's one of those guys where, hey, if he's your closer, you got to hang in there with him. And Scott Service made a move that ultimately now, not only did it backfire, but if the Mariners end up losing the next two and get swept out of the series, they'll always be wondering this whole offseason what could have been. Yeah, I mean, I think most of us actually first guessed that decision that it was a terrible decision. Robbie Ray got lit up by the Blue Jays in his last start. He did not have a high young caliber season this year. Uh, his performance took a uh, significant hit. Um, he does not have any experience in that reliever role. Uh, there was no reason to go to a lefty, statistically speaking, because, like you said, Jordan Alvarez lights up lefties as well as he lights up righties. Um, it just didn't make any sense at all. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things. I'm surprised it only took two pitches to finish, <laughs> to finish the game off uh, instead of one. Just That was just poor location and, Yep, you almost knew it was coming. It was just, you know, I I feel badly for for you know for the Mariners and their fans because that was uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, they could have really put Houston uh, uh, in a bit of a hole there. You're right, and they let Justin Verlander out, who pitched poorly in Game One. And you want to know what's even crazier is the Mariners did the same thing to the Blue Jays. So it's almost like uh, you know here they got a taste of their own medicine. Yeah, you know, there's no leader safe in the postseason here, and that's, I guess that creates some excitement, but it also puts a premium on, on how you handle your bullpen, and uh, uh, it points to the urgency that managers have to have, to have when, uh, when they're dealing with this stuff. I mean, you look back at the, uh, the Mets uh, being upset by the Padres and just slow hooks all through the series by Buck Walter and some very confusing decisions, and that's why the Mets are, are staying home for the rest of the uh, season and uh, the Padres moved on. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, as far as the Mets go, when you look at uh, what happened in game three, I don't know what's stranger. The fact that Chris Bassett gets hit around afterwards says that uh, he's not really made for New York, a statement that I've heard from other athletes. But if that's the case, you shouldn't be taking the ball in game three. Or the fact that the Mets didn't even sell out that game on a Sunday night, which makes you wonder um, did Mets fans suddenly believe that they weren't going to win a, a winner take all series? Now, look, I, I want to talk about that, uh, that attendance thing. You are now being – fans are now being asked to shell out over $100 a ticket for an extra round of games, three rounds of games. And I don't know – and it's a, it's a hard process to get the tickets. And I don't know if, it's, if it makes sense to, to, to bang on the fans. I mean, like, you know, look, if I've got the choice, I want to save my money and, and go to an LCS game or a World Series game. Yeah. A division series game doesn't doesn't light everybody up the same way. Um, now, my wife and daughter are planning to go to uh, the division series game two, uh, weather permitting, tomorrow. 
while I'm covering the game in the press box. But not everybody feels that way, and I, you know, I, I think I think that that criticism is is misguided, and and you know, the fact that the game didn't sell out, you know, points to the structural difficulties of of, of selling tickets uh, and and getting the tickets into the hands of the people who want them. So. I don't know. I, I, I you know, I, I don't think that I don't think it was priced fairly. Is, is it was probably my, uh, um, uh, my retort to that. And I've been in that position as a fan. It was like, yeah, I could do this, but I could also. I'd rather save my money and do this, even though it's more expensive. That might be more meaningful. I get it, but at the same time, going out for a night with some friends on the town costs over a hundred bucks, usually in New York City. So I'm understanding where you're coming from as far as ticket costs go. But as someone who vacationed in New York back in June and saw how fast my money went over the week I was there, <laughs> you know, I mean, Jay, it's New York City. Everything costs money, and I and I get it. But we're, we're in New York, so if there's ever a place I would expect tickets at for a forty-one thousand. 922 capacity stadium to be uh, to be pricey it's it's there yeah as, as for the Bassett thing I believe those comments actually preceded the game you know he talked about New York is a tough place to pitch I mean, he had a, he had a pretty nice season but when I looked at that matchup um, if that got to game three Joe Musgrove was clearly the superior pitcher yep. uh, of, of those two because he misses more bats and you know, the, the, the the wet ear controversy was pretty silly. Um, you know, and I think the Mets kind of embarrassed themselves on that one, especially uh, waiting as long as they did. Um, I actually had a great conversation with David Cohn uh, today that will be on the Fangraphs audio podcast tomorrow about all this stuff. But it just seemed like, like it was grasping at straws there and that the Mets had psyched themselves out. Um, but, you know, if Buck Showalter pulls Chris Bassett before he allows that, that, that last run, you know, that game, I, I think you, you put a lot less pressure on the Mets hitters, and, and Showalter just didn't manage with the urgency that's needed to get to get the Mets through. And it, 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 it didn't help that they didn't hit, but um, you got to keep them close. And, and you know, when when Matt, when Max Scherzer got lit up, I mean, you could have foreseen that after the and those hard hit balls. Uh, you know, you got to get him out of there quicker because you know that he's not the same Max Scherzer as. Uh, um, you know, the 2019 postseason. No doubt, no doubt. More with Jay as we keep things moving. 32 pass. Let's go first to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Appreciate that as we keep things moving with uh, Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs uh, here on Sports Talk. Jay, Jake DeGrom, speaking of the Mets, he has a player option and can opt out after this season. He's under contract for $30.5 million next season, 32.5 the year after that, and then he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2025. That being said, at age 34 right now, do you see DeGrom ultimately cashing in and, and maybe trying to test the open market for one last big payday, even though he's been hurt so much the last couple of years? Yes, almost certainly. I think it'll be it'll be a... Um... I don't think it'll be a straightforward contract. I think there'll be probably some some uh, some triggers in there going both directions. We've seen, you know, we've seen things like this where, like the Castillo, the Luis Castillo contract, where you know if there's Tommy John surgery, the club has an has a, a, a low cost option, uh, and if he hits a certain innings threshold, he gets an opt out or something like that. But I think he he is going to seek one, you know, one more bite of the apple uh, to try to get. Uh, Something closer to the top of the market salary. You know, Max Scherzer's making forty-three million. Degrom, I think, regrets signing that contract because he because 
you know, he saw he saw that that dollar figure surpassed quickly um, by Trevor Bauer, by Scherzer, yep, um, uh, and uh, by by Garrett Cole, and so you know he wanted you know his arms a ticking time bomb. I mean, I you know it's not a risk free uh, signing, it's not a risk free move to opt out either, but I do think he's going to go and try to get some some of that Scherzer money and and uh, uh, you know set himself up, and I don't know if it'll be the Mets. I suspect it will be. Um, but if uh, if it doesn't work out there, there are other teams, including the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Giants, that are going to be in on that, and uh, it, it's going to be a, a very interesting free agency. I bet you the Mets let him walk. I mean, he's been hurt so much, and it's such a risk. You know, it's hard paying a guy forty plus million if uh, potentially he could miss half the season or more uh, with Degrom. So it wouldn't surprise me. And the Yankees, how wild would that be if the Yankees end up landing Degrom? Should the Mets pass on him? Well, you know the the flip side of that of that is is what if the Mets make a run at Aaron Judge? Uh, mm-hmm. because, That's true. Look, it's only money to you know it's only money to to, to keep going. He's going to spend it. He's you know we we know he's going to spend it. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be the the, the, the dumbest idea he's had either. So yep, um, uh, it's going to be a very interesting winter. Um, these big free agencies and and uh, you know I think the thing about Degrom is I don't think he can sustain the level of excellence that he had while throwing 99 to a hundred you know, max effort every time. I think this guy who's already, already had one Tommy John surgery. He's going to have to find a, find a way to live in that 95 to 98 range a little bit more often for just out of self-preservation. And I, I know he can do it. He's got the stuff, but, uh, um, it, you know, it, it's, uh, nobody's been able to sustain going a hundred uh, all the time. And, uh, We've seen the toll it's taken on his body. Give me your thoughts on the two games tonight. Uh, Kyle Wright and Zach Wheeler in a must-win for the Braves, and then uh, the premier pitching matchup as well with uh, both you Darvish and Kershaw going at it, where the Padres really need to try to even that series up at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, look, you know, Kyle Wright had a, just a really nice breakout after years of disappointment as a, a former number 5 pick. Um not a huge strikeout guy, uh, a bit more contact than, than uh, uh, some of the other top pitchers, but just a really nice season. Um, Zach Wheeler, workhorse for the Phillies, really good pitcher. I don't think he had quite the season that he had last year, but uh, uh, this is a very competitive matchup. And the Phillies, you know, they're they're giving they're giving teams some problems. I mean, they were the uh, uh, the lower seed in the in the in the Cardinals series, and they dispatched them uh, quite quickly. So this is a team. That, no, that you can't overlook. And as for Darvish and Kershaw, boy, that would be a fun matchup. Darvish pitched his ass off against the Mets uh, last uh, last Friday, and uh, um, you know everybody thought, "Oh, Max Scherzer's game." It's like, yeah, you got to beat the other guy. The other guy's on a roll. He was a NL pitcher of the month for September, and right. he's really found a groove right now. Tell you what, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to both of these matchups coming up tonight. Should be great. Jay will be back at Yankee Stadium reporting on that series with the uh, Yanks and Guardians. Should be fun uh, with the game number two coming up tomorrow. Before I get to your beer pick of the week, you know we started this conversation where we were talking about the playoffs and how you don't really like uh, the current situation without reformatting and all that. How about the fact that the National League gets one day off in this series and the American League gets two travel days? Yeah, I think it's just it's a quirk, and I think it'll be you know it'll 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 probably be reversed next year. Um, 
I don't know exactly. I haven't looked ahead too far, but I, it may it may even even out in the next in the next round. It is weird the way this is built in, but as we're about to see with the weather, you've got to build some slack in just in case something gets rained out because it could really throw something into disarray. Now, I think it'd be interesting with the with the Yankees series uh, because uh, both if if the, if this goes off as planned on Thursday. Both uh, Nestor Cortez and Shane Bieber would be on three days rest for game if there's a game five. If the game is delayed a day, they'd be on two days rest, and you're not going to see them. And that points to uh, looking at the number four starters probably, um, which might favor the Yankees with Jamison Tyone over Aaron Savali. But um, one of the interesting things is Cortez is the only lefty in this in this series, the only lefty starter, and the Guardians really had trouble with the lefties. Um, so if this is pushed back a day, it probably opens the door for Cleveland a little bit more. Let's wrap it up here. Pick of the week, Jay. What are you going to profile for our listeners this week? Well, it's October. It's the playoffs. Uh, so I've got the Threes Oktoberfest logger here, uh, which I got a four-pack of a couple of weeks ago, and I've been saving it here. This is just a you know traditional October logger, kind of a golden uh, ale. I mean, sorry, gold, you know, golden logger, uh, German Pilsner and Vienna malt. Um, Easy drinking, five and a half percent. I cracked one open when I got home uh, in the wee hours last night and uh, uh, helped settle me down after uh, an event at the ballpark. Awesome stuff. All right, Oktoberfest it is from Three's Brewing out there in Brooklyn. Nice job. Enjoy it, Jay. Have fun at the game tomorrow, and uh, we'll chat with you right back here next week. All right, sounds great to see you. Thanks. Jay Jaffe, folks, as we continue 19 in front of 5 right now here on Sports Talk. Plenty more in store for you. But first, let's go to our friends at KVIA News. We're about 20 minutes away also from the uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. Bernie Olivas back with us in our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. Stay tuned. That's coming up right here, top of the 5 o'clock hour on 600 ESPN El Paso. We played this song last week when we had Sparta's own Jim Ward in our Lubingo studios, Mind Over Matter, off of the brand new record that officially drops, I believe, on Friday for the first time. Excited about that. It was great having Jim on the show. Big, big UTEP basketball fan, as you heard that day. Let's go to John. He's joining us next at 49 past the hour, 505-6009, our telephone number. Hey, John, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing great, Steve. Man, awesome, I'm John. I'm predicament tonight. Well. Wasn't, wasn't expecting the, the Phils game to get pushed back tonight. I thought they'd postpone it and push it until tomorrow. Nah, they can't. Well, I mean, they could have done that, but then the problem is, if they did that, then they would have to play. Um, then they would then they would have to go back to uh, Philly on Friday, and then and then play without a day off. So I think they want to get this game in uh, more than anything else, and then give them tomorrow to travel. I guess it makes sense. At least Wheeler's going again. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Wheeler against you know, Wright should be interesting. He's he he's been pitching great. Nola pitched his ass off the other day. I mean, look, so you got Wheeler and Nola. That is as good a one-two punch as you're going to find in baseball right now. Oh yeah, there's there's no doubt about that, for sure. Um, I mean, Nola, I haven't seen him pitch that good in probably a couple of years. I know he's had his moments this year, but 
when he needed to step up, he did it. Yes, absolutely. He has. And you're right. Hasn't been maybe as consistent as some of the other number ones. But listen, Aaron Nola is a pretty good bet to always get close to 20 wins, uh, an ERA around three, and, and be a top 15, top, you know, top 10 guy in the National League year after year. Yeah, for sure. A couple of more baseball things real quick, Steve. Sure, sure. Um, I've got to call out Buckshaw Walter, man. Look, he won a World Series with the Diamondbacks, greatest World Series of all time. But come on, man. Really? You got to go do that? Like, I know. Like, seriously, check him behind the ears. Well, plus, I mean, if you if you suspect something is going on, don't wait till the sixth inning when you're down 4 nothing. I mean, do it early on and try to get him out of the game early if that's the case. Yeah, I, I totally thought he was better than that. And last thing, Steve. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if it was because of the pandemic. Maybe you can explain it to me. Look, we both have been following baseball pretty much our whole lives. We know how it goes, okay? Why was it that the Chihuahuas played a one-game championship game? That's like saying, oh, hey, World Series, winner take all. What the hell, man? You can thank Major League Baseball for that. Because since Major League Baseball took over all of minor league baseball, they've incorporated their new rules with everything, including the postseason. Okay, so let's just put, like I just said, let's just put the World Series at one game then. I mean, maybe that's maybe that'll be something down the road. I mean, that's that that would be uh, what we would expect. I know. Listen, it's it, here's what they've done different. Okay, in the old days, the minor league season ended in early September, and they had a three week playoff. Now the season ends the end of September. They get a one game winner take all, and then they do a one more game winner take all to uh, win all of AAA. But that's only in AAA, because I was following the Double A there for a little while, and I believe they had best two out of three. Yeah, at I least know. In the Texas League, well, like, didn't I, the missions make the playoffs? No, I don't even. I I, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really follow much of Double A or A ball. I followed just the Triple A situation with what's going on here. And I'm with you. It's tough when you've got a one game winner take all series, but. You know, that's what they've done. I mean, remember, the national championship of AAA baseball was always a one-game series also whenever uh, minor league baseball ran it. They had a regular PCL and International League fully playoff system, but then they just have a one-game winner-take-all national championship. So I get what you're saying. I agree. But on the flip side, it's also nice to see Chihuahuas play baseball into the end of September with full series. I, I still like that. It's nice to have baseball going all the way through September. Yeah, for sure. All right, Steve. Well, that's it. Hopefully uh, my fellows will put the Braves in a hole tonight. We'll have to wait and see. Good job. Appreciate you, John. Thanks for the call. There he is. Uh, John from the east side of town chiming in as we wrap up hour one of two here on the show. Coming up next, you asked for it, you're getting it. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. It's all coming up. We've got special guests as well from Chick-fil-A, Adrian. They're going to be our celebrity uh, celebrity pickers this week. No way. That sounds yes. great. Okay. Okay, I like it. We've got some great uh, celebrity pickers. It's going to be fantastic. So that's coming up next right here uh, after the Dallas Cowboys update at the top of the hour. It's 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back, everybody. It's the start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. He's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. 
Tony the Tiger Sumble Watch is here. I'm so excited to have Bernie Olivas back with us again. Bernie, you got so much stuff on your desk. How can you even? I mean, there's you got papers everywhere. You are, you are, you've got a lot of stuff happening, man. There's, I don't know how you keep track of everything with all the different uh, paperwork you've got to, to sort through every week. It's, it's tough. A, it's been a busy week. It's been a busy day, and it's multi. It's called multitasking. Got to get it all done. Because especially this week, because I did very poorly last week, so I had to really study hard this week. So um, stay ahead of you guys. We need to sort out some controversy first. Okay, um, last week it was Yom Kippur. That is the Jewish Day of Atonement. I was atoning for my sins. I was wanting to be uh, written into the Book of Life for the next uh, calendar year in the uh, Jewish calendar. You needed so, a whole year. As, I do need a whole year. You better believe it. And then, as a result, um, I made my picks. After the segment. Now, the good news is I was logged in enough to see that I went 6 out of 10. Well, I spoke to the commissioner, and he said since you had the opportunity to listen to the other three uh, pickers, that that disqualified you because uh, you could have made your picks based on uh, what the other three people picked. Then I should have gotten uh, 10 out of 10. If you picked 5 out of 10 and I based well, it on your picks, then I should have Then I should have had a perfect score, right? you I should have, exactly, but you didn't, exactly so that's right. your problem there. So now you know I definitely <laughs> didn't listen to this show. Uh, that's for sure. It would have been fun. Um, and I will say this. Um, I did tell Adrian I was going to pick in time for the segment. I did not. That is 100% right. But I did log the picks in, and, and I got to tell you, um, I was not thrilled with my picks getting 6 out of 10. You obviously got 5 out of 10. Adrian took 7 out of 10. He, uh, he outpicked everybody in the segment last week. Yes, he did. He did well. Coach Price, I'm sorry, Coach Price, he got 6 out of 10 as well. Mm. You know. Okay. Now, listen to this. Here is the scoring on the season. Are you ready for the totals? You are still leading with 39, correct? I am right behind you with 38. Adrian is 36. That is how tight... The scoring is so far in the Chick-fil-A Sun Bowl Selectum Contest. That's the way it's supposed to be. You got a one you have a one game lead. There you go. Congratulations. It's gonna stay there. All right, we'll see about that. We will see. Uh, we'll be doing that again in our second segment. We're gonna play trivia as well. And we've got uh, how great is this though? We have Anthony and Joy from Chick-fil-A here with us, and they're gonna get a chance to uh, to be uh, our celebrity guests. I say we let them both pick, but I mean Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's the way it should be, right? Plus Absolutely. they can and then they can have bragging rights to see which one of them outpick each other. I think that's uh, that that makes it more fun too. I think I think absolutely right. I think they should both pick. Are they like I said as title sponsors of this segment. I yep. think uh, they can do anything they want here. There you go. I, I like that. That's the way. That's exactly how I would do it, too. By the way, um, I'm looking at all the games from last week, and as far as upsets go, um, Duke losing to Georgia Tech, I would think, was an upset, and I didn't expect uh, North Carolina to, to beat Miami, did you? Those are the two ACC games that surprised me a little bit. No, I, obviously I lost both of those. Uh, Two big surprises in the in the Pac-12, I think. Oof. I yeah. mean, those are the ones that knocked knocked me out of the, you know, out of the top ten. Uh, huge surprises with uh, UCLA beating Utah. UCLA looks legit right now, Bernie. And how about Arizona State? It, you know, did not expect that either. You're yeah. right. And you know, it's funny that Georgia Tech and Arizona State lost lost their coaches the week before, and they both come out and win. 
That, and that's, I think that's the reason I went the other way. I said, you're a new coach. They don't know what, you know, they don't know what the system, what's going on. But here they come. Come out and have big upsets. Well, look at what Boise State did. They fired their offensive coordinator and their starting quarterback went into the portal after the UTEP loss. And all they've done is beat San Diego State and, and uh, Fresno State ever since. So sometimes coaching changes and personnel swaps uh, can, can do a lot of good, I guess. I guess it does. But, uh, well, congratulations to them. But those were big those were big upset wins. Good for them. And, uh, again, it just kind of messed my my scores up. That's all. No, I'm with you on that one. I, didn't, I did not expect Arizona State to beat Washington, and that happened. Um, meanwhile, uh, how about Oregon State with a huge fourth quarter to get by Stanford? That was also oh, a big one that for was, them. That was, sad for, that was sad for Stanford. That guy made a tremendous play on that last play of the game to, to catch the ball and spin out and score. Uh, but uh, that's, the way, that's the way a lot of things are going on this year. You're right. Uh, Notre Dame has now improved to 3-2 and two after beating BYU. Pretty convincing win, by the way. 28-20, that game was played in Vegas. Right. Uh, and like I said, I, I, honestly, I had picked BYU for that reason, that they were mm-hmm. going to play away from home. It yep. was a home game for, you know, for uh, Notre Dame, but still they were playing away from home. I thought BYU was a pretty good football team, and I thought they could pull the upset there if it was called an upset. But Notre Dame played well. And did, they came out on top. Did you expect North Carolina State to be Florida State, or did you pick uh, the Seminoles in that one? No, I picked North Carolina State. Okay. Uh, I thought I think I still think they're the one of the top two, three teams in in the in the ACC. You know, along with uh, with Clemson, NC State, and uh, of course Syracuse is still undefeated. But if you look at their schedule, their next five games are brutal uh, as far as who they're playing. So uh, we'll see how you know what happens. They have uh, five five pretty tough t- uh, games in a row. You know, the hardest part right now is trying to get a handle on this college football season because we're getting so many upsets on a week-to-week basis. A lot of parity in these two conferences right now. Transfer portal. That's good. You know what? That's a good point. It's Transfer really true. Transfer portal. You know, guys, that great player, good players that are not happy where they are. Yep. They want more playing time. They're going to other schools, and they're getting to play, and they're good football players. I think that has a big a big impact on, on what's happening in college football. Could be the great equalizer right now, transfer I portal, when you really start it, to think about that. I think part that. of it is. I'm with you on that one. Uh, So meanwhile, we do have a lot of games to get to. We'll pick those games coming up in a little bit. We're also going to play trivia and give somebody a chance to win a pair of tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Before we get to trivia, punt, pass, and kick just took place at the Sun Bowl, and that looked like a lot of fun. Thank you for bringing it up. I wanted to mention it. Yeah, the Peter Piper Pizza punt, punt. Pass, punt. Say that real fast. uh, And kick. kick. The Peter Piper Pizza punt, pass, and kick competition. There you go. Punt yeah. passing kick competition took place last night at the Sun Bowl. Uh, we had over twenty, uh, over one hundred and twenty kids registered, which wow, is awesome. more than we've ever had. Uh, the beautiful night, and you know the competition was great. And like I said, we had five divisions from six to seven, eight and nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Had some pretty good scores out there. And uh, again, I'd, I'd like to get two hundred pe- kids out there, you know, uh, doing it. And all they do is they punt, they pass, they, and they kick the ball. And it's a it's a combination of uh, distance and accuracy. Uh, you, they take how far you throw it and subtract how far you are from the line, and, and that's your score. Uh, I think the kids had a lot of fun. They all get T-shirts, water bottles, bottle of Gatorade. They get uh, some get some know, medals. Oh yeah, the top three in each division get medals, and the winners will be riding on a float in the Thanksgiving Day parade, and they will be recognized at the stadium. Oh, that's at, awesome. You know, at, at the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game. 
Glasheen Vias and Enderman sponsoring the uh, Sun Bowl the Sun Thanksgiving Bowl parade. parade. That is fantastic news. And uh, those kids looked happy. I saw them on social media. A lot of smiling faces yesterday after a very successful punt passing yeah. kick competition. You know, and a shout out to you know to Jay Pritchard, our marketing director, because he's that's kind of his his event. Did a tremendous job in in, in putting that together. Went so smoothly. Uh, got a, you know, along with the rest of the staff and the volunteers that we get out there are, are incredible. Like I said, we. We wouldn't be able to exist without the 700 to 800 volunteers that help us throughout the year, and they did a tremendous job. El Paso Parks and Rec did a tremendous job, also with their, you know, with their volunteers. I thought it was a great event. Just want to, just all we need more, more kids to come out. You know, I'd like to get 200, 250 kids out there. Oh, that'd be awesome. I think that'd be great. Plus, you got the venue, the, the best venue in El Paso oh, hosting it. No doubt about it. Right. Uh, meanwhile, I'll ask you this question right now. As far as the ACC and the Pac-12 goes, there's a lot of possibilities for teams playing in this game. Almost every every team in the conference right now. Absolutely. I think from the from the ACC, I think the only team you can rule out is probably Clemson. Of course, you know, Syracuse, like I said, they're undefeated right now, but I think they have a really tough schedule. They're going to lose a couple of games. You know, from the Pac-12, you know, USC and, you know, UCLA are still undefeated. Oregon is there. And after that, I think it's wide open. Uh, and all the records are pretty good. So I think we're going to have two two pretty good football teams come and play on December 30th. I don't know about you, but I'm surprised Utah has two losses right now. So am I. So am I. They might, you know, they might uh, be a possible. I'd love to see them down here, too. Well, that's a they fun play team. some pretty good football team now. They are a fun team. And like I said, uh, just ask everybody, go out and get your tickets. They're available now. They're on sale now. Come visit Ellen down at the at Sumble. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, are all ticket prices available, including the premium seats as well? Everything is available. Good. Everything is available. So come on out. You can go. If you don't want to come on out and say hello to Ellen, just uh, you know, go on online and go to Ticketmaster or go to our website and buy our tickets there. But uh, you know, come. It's going to be fantastic. It's on December 30th, so that gives you a day to recover. If you want to go party on New Year's Eve now, it is a 12 o'clock kickoff, not like 10 o'clock like we had it last year. So there's plenty of time to tailgate, have fun, go to the game, and you still have a whole day to recover before you go celebrate New Year's Eve. You still have those Miami T-shirts in a limited quantity for people that purchase their tickets, or are you out of those? No, we still have a few. So Good. if you don't know about it, if you come to the office, you have to come to the office and buy two tickets of at least $25, you'll get a free T-shirt of the game that it was never played. Uh, obviously, we had to print. Uh, you know, we had printed Washington State versus Miami T-shirts and hats. That's right. And and hoodies and everything. And of course, the game wasn't played, so we didn't. We couldn't sell any of those. So now we're giving them away to anybody who buys at least a couple of tickets worth twenty five dollars each. So come Fantastic. on out and uh, and and uh, pick up a couple of tickets. You know, get yourself a free T-shirt or or hat or whatever. We'll do trivia in a little bit. Uh, we'll give away those tickets. Uh, Anthony and Joy are here from uh, Chick-fil-A. They are our sponsor for our uh, Selectum Contest that we do every week with our celebrity guests. Anthony, uh, i got to uh, ask you, since you're here right now with Joy, it's great to see you. Thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for bringing gifts. You didn't have to do that, but you were very kind. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I love the fact that uh, Chick-fil-A has been able to partner now with uh, the Sumble Association and the Tony the Tiger Sumble. I think it's a great fit, and uh, happy you guys are on board. Yeah, we definitely love to be part of the uh, Sumble. It, it's been amazing. Uh, Chick-fil-A has uh, always been a part of college sports, and uh, to be a part of that here in El Paso um, with the tradition that the Sumble has is, is uh, just a – you know, a no-brainer on our end. You know what I'm amazed after all these years, because you've been involved in the, with Chick-fil-A for a long time, because I've known you for a long time, how the demand continues to be what it is each and every day with, with people and the relationship that so many El Pasoans have been able to get with this franchise. It, it, it's really phenomenal when you start to think about it, isn't it? 
Well, we, we, we definitely thank you, and we appreciate that. We, we definitely uh, love our customers, um, and our guests are our number one priority. And so everything we do is about trying to get better at what we do in terms of serving our guests, um, providing the highest quality of food, and, and the best customer service that we can. And so th- that's our goal each and every day is just to get better at what we do and, and uh, continue to be thankful for the support that we continue to have each and every day. You told me some good news a moment ago. You said that the chicken tortilla soup is back. It is back out. And that uh, I know it's, it's limited because it usually comes around the month of October. And then when the weather starts to warm up, it goes away. And then it comes back again. So to me, that th- the truth is... When you know the weather is cooling off in El Paso, that's when the chicken tortilla soup from Chick-fil-A comes back and, and, and it's back available. It is. It is a big hit, actually. And, and it's, uh, you know, something that's not uh, your normal chicken tortilla soup that, you know, some of us are, are used to here in, in our Hispanic community. But it everybody loves it. Uh, everybody loves it. And it's here for, uh, you know, a limited time through the, the holiday season, the winter season, as you said. And and um, I I uh, I. I know it, each and every time that uh, it starts because I get people like you that come and, and just talk about, oh, it's back. That's right. Yeah, We love so. it. It's got some zip, too. Bernie, you'll like it. I know you. But oh, Bernie, absolutely. Bernie tells me it, it's got to have some zip for him to, uh, you know, to really be digging it. And this does. This has probably a little more, uh, little more oomph than your average uh, chicken tortilla soup uh, around. So that is something that once you start, you're going to be, you'll be, you'll be hooked on that. And I'm, be a, you know, I'm a big chicken eater to begin with. Like I said, I don't grow hair. I grow feathers because yeah. I eat so much chicken. <laughs> I, eat so much, I eat so much chicken. And that Chick-fil-A, you can't beat that. But I'm going to have to try some of that uh, tortilla. Tortilla soup. I'm, I'm, I have never tried it. I'm honest with you. I stick with your sandwiches that are fantastic, but I eat so much chicken. Like I said, I grow feathers. I don't grow. I don't even grow hair anymore. I love that. And and, yes. and and Anthony, one other thing I want to mention is, you know, when you go there, you know the menu because the menu really hasn't changed that much over the years, and that's a testament to you guys because sometimes you can expand things and make there a lot, you know, make a lot more choices. But ultimately, people have their favorites. They have the things they come for, and consistency in this business is really all that matters, isn't it? It is, and and you know, uh, thankfully our our. Um, support center team back in Atlanta where we're uh, headquartered out of is uh, really strategic in terms of our menu. They know that they don't want to overpopulate our menu. They know that uh, fans love our our chicken nuggets, our our sandwiches. And so um, we don't. You you said it exactly uh, the way we think it is, just that um, we want to really um, continue to do the the sandwiches that we do great, the nuggets that we do great, and those products. And and so we'll bring special products like this, like the chicken tortilla soup for a limited time. Um, Right now we have a grilled spicy uh, chicken sandwich that's uh, a limited time. And so we'll bring things in for a limited time, but um, we try not to you know, make the menu too much that, um, you know, it, it, it complicates things on our end too. And, and so when we're trying to serve guests as, as quickly as we can and provide, you know, great quality food, we don't want to be doing too many things. How have you seen the catering business grow over the years? So catering has, um, you know, obviously coming out of COVID, catering has really picked up tremendously. And I think um, that's just a testament of everybody trying to get back to, to normal. And I think we're, we're pretty close to being there. Um, and just catering for us has uh, continued to grow over this year. And uh, it's nice to see that because it, it, it tells us that um, people are, are um, you know, just back to being themselves, back to being in groups, 
being um, you know together, and so it, it's nice. So catering is always a big uh, push for us, and so we we love catering and and love to cater. I mean, we we do anything from your typical meetings for. Uh, businesses to uh, we've done some weddings and uh, nice. some quinceañeras as well. It's fantastic. We're going to come back more with Anthony and Joy from uh, Chick-fil-A on Airway as we continue this week's um, Chick-fil-A Selectum Contest for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. We'll pick games in just a little bit. But Bernie, why don't you throw a little trivia out there and see who's going to win a pair of tickets to this. this I day would day. love to because I love this question that we're going to hand out there. Excellent. Excellent. For two tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl played on December the 30th. Here's the question. This three-time Super Bowl winning running back is one of three players and the first to rush for 1,000 yards and receive for 1,000 yards in the same season. This player also participated in the Sumbo football game. Oh, I like that. Name the player, the school he played for, and the year he played in the Sumbo. That is a great trivia question. It's one of the best we've had all year. Ever. I agree with you. All right. Uh, first person through, 505-6009 with the answer, is going to the uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. In the meantime, we'll keep things moving with Charlie One. Let's get our first traffic update of our 5 o'clock hour. We've stumped you on trivia, everybody. We have stumped the El Paso audience on trivia. Bernie, everybody's guessing Tony Dorsett on this trivia question today. He did not. I don't think he uh, received for 1,000 yards. That's I correct. I think he ran for 1,000, but I don't think he received for 1,000 yards. I'll repeat that question one more time. This three-time Super Bowl winning running back is one of only three players and the first to rush for 1,000 yards and receive for 1,000 yards in the same season. He also participated in the Sumble football game. Name the player, the school he played for, and the year he played in the Sumble. It is a great question. I think it's awesome. I love that. All right, first person through, 505-6009 with the answer. Gets it right. Joy is joining Anthony. This is going to be fun. Bernie, are we going to let them – we should let them each pick because I'm telling you what, if Joy outpicks us and outpicks Anthony, which would not surprise me one bit, she will have bragging rights after today. I got, I got score sheets for both of them, so – Fantastic. All right. So here's how this is going to work, folks. We're going to go game by game. We're just going to pick our teams, and then we'll total them up and see who uh, who ends up winning the most games after this week, okay? And uh, since you are the sponsors of the event, I'm very interested to see how this goes. Uh, the best we've had so far from a sponsor or from a celebrity guest, we've had, I think, is seven. seven. Seven is the best, right? Seven. And then the worst. I thought Mario Mocha had eight. Am I wrong? Did Mario have eight? No, you're right. Mario had eight. Mario had eight, and he made sure that we mentioned it him, mentioned it him on over the air on the next week. And the worst is three, right? We've had three. that twice so far. Correct. Tony the Tiger, poor guy. And Jim Center. And Jim Center. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Here we go, everybody. So here's how this works. We're and as it game works, by game. if the winner, if the winner of the select of the Selectum contest yes. beats our celebrities. They get an extra package from Chick-fil-A. An extra package of goodies. I a like extra, that. A package of goodies. A family pack. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right. So here we go. Anthony, Joy, are you both ready? ready. Yes, we're ready. Here we go. First game, ACC. It is Miami visiting uh, Virginia Tech. Okay? This game will be played 1030 in the morning on ESPN3 from Blacksburg, Virginia. Miami, 2-3. and three. Virginia, 2-4. and four. Miami is a touchdown favorite in this game, but they are the road team. We are not playing against the spread. We are going straight up winners. All right, Anthony, I'll let you lead us off as our first celebrity. Then we'll go to Joy. Who are we taking here, uh, Miami or Virginia Tech? 
Okay, so I'm being really careful in how I'm making these picks. And so, as Bernie said, if you beat my picks, my total, then you get a Chick-fil-A family four-pack. So I do want as many of our listeners as possible to win. So I'm going to be very strategic here <laughs> on my picks. So um, I'm going to be a Lee Corso type of picker today and say, okay. which, which headset would I like to put on? So I think between Miami and Virgin, Virginia Tech, I got to go with the Hokie. I got to go with that turkey. I got you. So you're going Virginia Tech yeah. on this one. Joy, what about you? Who are we taking? I'm going to go with Miami. I like that. I hope the two of you disagree on every pick. I think that would be <laughs> phenomenal. Um, Joy, I'm with you. I'm taking Miami also. They are the favorites, and uh, although they've both struggled a little bit as of late, I think Miami bounces back on the road and takes this one. Bernie, your turn. I kind of agree. I thought Miami was going to be one of the top three teams in the ACC this year, and they're not having that kind of season, but I still think they're a pretty good football team. I'm going with Miami. All right, so there we go. So far, uh, Anthony is on an island by himself, nobody else. Uh, Adrian, is he going to stay on that island, or are you yeah. going to join him? Yeah, he will stay on that island. I'm going with the, the U in this All one. All right, so everybody's picking Miami, but Anthony, I like that. Now we go to the Pac-12, game number two, Cal visiting Colorado. Cal's 3-2. Colorado is 0-5. It's in Boulder. Cal is a two-touchdown favorite in this one, but again, it's a straight-up winner. All right, uh, this time, Joy, you lead us off. Who's uh, who's going to win this game? I'm going to go with Colorado. How come? Well, because they're... Are they due for a win? They're due for a win. You know, they're, they're, they have a great, you know, fan base, and I just think that... They're going to um, push through this one and get out of that 0-5 uh, record. It's, it's the law of averages, right, Joy? Eventually, uh, what, get out. it has to happen. It's a, yes. I'm with you on that one. And it's uh, a home game. I mean, they've got to that's, that's true. pull through at a home game. Anthony, what about you? Okay, here we go. The headgear. I mean, you, how can you go against Ralphie? I mean, zero and five, but that's okay. It's the the Buffaloes, you, you know, yeah. they're intimidating. I like that the two of you are going to agree on this one. So you're both going uh, Colorado. Interesting. Uh, Adrian, your turn. Uh, Anthony, you re- you referenced uh, Lee Corso. I'll go not so fast, and I'll go Cal in this game. All right, Bernie. Like we said last week, had two brand new coaches come up and win. Colorado has a new coach as well. But I'm going with Cal. All right, that makes the three of us. Uh, we are all in agreement. I will take Cal as well. So, all right, Cal over Colorado, uh, not uh, for Anthony and Joy. They will go Colorado. Now, big one here. We're going SEC. We're going Alabama and Tennessee. This one is a little bit off the charts, and it's because we don't have enough ACC and Pac-12 games, so we're taking the best game on the board. Alabama, 6-0. and My uh, Tennessee, 5-0. and it's in Knoxville, Alabama, one touchdown uh, favorites. Uh, and this one, I'm assuming Bryce Young will be back. Uh, Bernie, why don't you lead us off here this time around? Roll Tide. I still think they're the best team in the country. And uh, they might not show it all the time because everybody is always up for them. And, you know, but they still yeah. seem to pull it out. I'm going with the Alabama. If Bryce Young plays, uh, I'm also with you. I really like Alabama in this one, although Tennessee with uh, with Herndon Hooker is an interesting team. And I don't know, maybe they do get the upset. What do you think, Adrian? Oh man, you both you both took Alabama. I really want to take Tennessee. I'm I'm tossing my no, I can't. I can't. I roll tight in this one. Bama wins. All right, uh, Joy, your turn. What are we taking, Alabama or Tennessee? I'm going to go with Tennessee again because it's it's a home game. It's going to be a, one of those intense games, and so I'm just going to go with Tennessee. All right, uh, wrap us up, Anthony. What are we doing? 
You know, that trunk on that headgear for Alabama, I mean, it, uh, that elephant trunk is just, it's too smooth, I, I got to say. And, and plus, you know, you never bet against Alabama. Okay. that's it's, it's hard to, isn't it? It's tough to bet against Alabama. All right. That'll take us to uh, our next game as we continue. This is now game number four. Number 15, North Carolina State visiting number 18, Syracuse. The Cuse, undefeated, 5-0 and at home. They're ranked 18th in the country. Uh, they're favored in this one over number 15, North Carolina State, 5-1 and overall. It's going to be uh, at the JMA Wireless Dome in Syracuse. We will start things off with Adrian this time around. Adrian, who are we going with here, North Carolina State or Syracuse? You know, North Carolina State has had a, a pretty nice season so far, 15th-ranked team in the country. Uh, but I'm going with Syracuse, and I'm going to tell you this right now, Bernie. This is my team right here that is my Sun Bowl dream team, right? I love what the Qs have delivered so far this year. They're fun, exciting. Uh, I'm going with Syracuse in this one. Can the Sun Bowl dream team do it, Bernie, or will North Carolina State be too tough? Well, I think this is the – you know, I know they're undefeated. And I think this is the beginning of a really rough road for Syracuse. Mm. And I think NC State is a pretty good football team. I've mm-hmm. said they're even ranked higher than Syracuse. I'm going with the Wolfpack. All right. Anthony, who are we taking in this one? What do you think? So the other common trend I'm going to be doing today is going against all the undefeateds. And so NC State. All right. Joy, your turn. Wow. Well, I was, I've was. i got Syracuse. Joy, you love uh, home teams, don't you? You love home I, you football know, there, teams. You there's know, there's always that home team advantage. And so, you know, when the fans get really, you know, revved up, I mean, they can oh, yeah. they can really uh, push the teams and, and bring out the best. I'm and with you. I, I firmly believe that as an athlete, that home home uh, court advantage is always, two you weeks know. A, two weeks ago, I picked nine home teams, and I think I picked five. Oh, I think my I God. Don't tell five. that to her. You're going to scare her. That's crazy. Um, I'm with you though. If Syracuse wins, they are a, they'll make a believer out of me. That's for sure. Unfortunately, I don't believe in them this week. I got to go North Carolina State, but hey, uh, it's going to be a fun one, and we'll see how that ga- game goes. Adrian, well, Adrian, if if Syracuse wins this week, I think your your dream team uh, will, your dream true. team will be gone because I think they'll yeah. they'll, they'll wind up someplace. High. They'll catapult to probably the top fifteen after gotcha. this week. Point. Adrian, do we have a winner on trivia? Yes, we do. We We did get a winner on trivia. All right, who do we congratulate today? We're going to congratulate Lance Moya, and uh, he was the one who came up with this tough answer, Bernie. Bernie, who are we looking for as far as that 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000-yard receiver? None other than Roger Craig. Oh, what a question. Who played for Nebraska in 1980. Very nice. 47th annual Tony the Tiger Sumbo. He played for San Francisco. For the for San for the San Francisco 49ers, and rushed uh, rushed for 150 yards, and received for 1,016. So he mm. just got over the thousand yard marks, but he did it in the same season. So congratulations, Lance. You have yourself two tickets to the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl game. Very nicely done, Lance. Excellent job. All right, we'll keep things moving. Arizona-Washington, Pac-12 matchup. Uh, this is going to be from Husky Stadium in Seattle. Washington's 4-2 and two at home. Arizona, 3-3 three and three on the road. They're 1-2. and two. Washington is 1-2 and two at home. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Washington is 1-2 and two in the Pac-12. Arizona is 1-2 and two in the Pac-12. So somebody will win their second conference game. Uh, will it be Arizona? Will it be Washington? I will lead this one off, and I will make it very easy. I think Washington ends up winning this game at home, uh, despite a good challenge from Arizona. Bernie, your turn. I'm with you. I think, uh, like I said, they, they had a tough loss last week. I think they're going to take it out on Arizona. I'm going, I'm going with the Huskies. All right, Joy. 
I pick Arizona. All right. Well, listen, Arizona has a former Utah player, Jacob Cowing. He's doing very well this season. So uh, they've upset some teams. I could see that happening as well. Anthony. Well, let's do the opposite then. We like that Huskies headgear. There it is. Anthony says Washington, and that leaves us with you, Adrian. I'll go Washington as well. Okay. Now, moving on. Clemson and Florida State in another big ACC matchup. Clemson is undefeated 6-0. Florida State's 4-2 at Doe Campbell Stadium in Tallahassee. Clemson, a slight favorite. It's almost a pick game when you really think about it, given the home field. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens here. Uh, we will start it off this time with Adrian. Who are you taking, Clemson or FSU? I'm going to go with the fourth-ranked team in the country. I believe in this Clemson Tigers team. I'm, pl- I'm picking them. Joy, Upset City, what's going to happen here on Saturday? Well, at number four, I've got to go with Clemson. Okay, I understand. you gotta, you got to sometimes pick the favorites. That makes sense. What about you, Anthony? I said I'm going against the undefeated today, so Florida State's going to pull that up. Ah, oh, the shocker from Anthony. I love it, which takes us to Bernie. What are you thinking? You know, Clemson got off, I thought, got off to a really slow start this year. I thought they, they, sn- they snuck in some wins against Wake Forest and a couple really tight games, but I think they've turned the corner. They're looking like a top-four team to me. I'm going with Clemson. I will as well. I'll take Clemson over Florida State. Okay, next up, Stanford visiting Notre Dame. It has not been a good year for the Cardinal. One and four so far this season. Notre Dame is three and two. They're throw like two-and-a-half uh, touchdown favorites uh, at Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, this one should be interesting. Bernie, does Stanford have any chance at all, or is this going to be all Notre Dame? They don't have a chance this week. It's cheer, cheer for the Irish again. All right. Adrian. I've got the Irish as well in this one at home. Uh, Stanford, just a tough year. That makes three of us, which now uh, gives Anthony uh, an opportunity and joy to wrap it up. Anthony, who are we taking? Well, you definitely can't go with that Cardinal headgear. I don't know, what, I don't know about that. But so you're going Notre Dame. You've got to go Irish. All right. Joy, what are you thinking? Notre Dame as well. All right, we're all unanimous that time, so there are no Stanford uh, picks this time around. Let's do North Carolina and Duke. That's next up. North Carolina is 5-1. and one. Duke is 4-2. and two. It's going to be at Duke and Durham at uh, Wallace Wade Stadium. North Carolina, seven-point road favorite. Uh, Joy, start us off this time around. Who are we taking, the Blue Devils or the Tar Heels? I'm going to go with the Blue Devils. All right, Duke at home. That's good. That's what right, about you, Duke. Anthony? That Tar Heel looks pretty mean. Yeah, that's a mean uh, Ram, you know. i, I got to go with Carolina. All right, North Carolina for Anthony, so they disagree again. Bernie, it's your turn. Tar Heels. Tar Heels. Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. And like I said, Duke is, is, has an up-and-down year. Had an up-and-down year in North Carolina. So is North Carolina, yep. for that matter. But uh, I'm going with Mac Brown on the road. Uh Taking North Carolina. Adrian. You know what? I, I want uh, to go with my second dream team to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, and that is UNC, North Carolina. All right. Uh, that means that uh, poor Joy is on her own island this time around. She's the only one taking Duke. The rest of us all go North Carolina on the road, which means if Duke wins, Joy will get her last laugh and uh, put it right in our faces, which uh, very well will probably be the case. Next up, we got two games left. Number 7 USC visiting number 20 Utah. Utah off another disappointing loss, trying to bounce back and knock USC from the ranks of the undefeated. Despite USC 6-0 mark and Utah at 4-2, Utah is, believe it or not, a a 3.5 point favorite. People think they will upset USC in this one. So, uh, Bernie Olivas, what's going to happen when these two meet up? Hard to believe that Utah's favored. It is. But I 
I think USC is on a roll as well, and mm. I think at the end of the, at the end of the year they're going to be up there pretty close to the playoff to the playoff picture. I'm taking I'm taking the Trojans. Trojans on the road. Okay, Adrian. I'm also taking the Trojans on the road. I love Caleb Williams as a quarterback for USC. I know they're vulnerable, but I'm still taking Lincoln Riley and, and uh, USC. I will give you my best joy impersonation this time around. I think what comes up must come down. USC finally loses. Utah saves face. They get a big win here, and they improve to 5-2. and two. I will take the Utes uh, with the upset, uh, even though they are favored in this one, since nobody else thinks they're going to win. Joy, uh, who are you going to go with, USC or Utah? I'm thinking there's an upset coming, and it's, you know, Utah's, and they're, you know, it's at their home, so I'm going to go with Utah. All right, Anthony. That's not not an upset. Remember, Utah's favorite. No, it's an upset. You're all picking USC. (laughs) Come on. Stop (laughs) it, you guys. All right, what are you you thinking, Anthony? Yeah, I I mean, I'm going with my trend, uh, going against the undefeateds. Usually there's one week a year where we look back at a lot of undefeateds falling, and and I'm going with it for this week. All right, so uh, the three of us will take Utah. And uh, Bernie and Adrian will go USC, which leads us to our final game of the day, Oregon State hosting Washington State. These two teams have the exact same record. They're both 4-2. and two. They're both 1-2 and two in the Pac-12. It's in Corvallis at Reeser Stadium. Oregon State, three-and-a-half-point favorites. All right, our special celebrity pickers from Chick-fil-A get to start it off for our final time. Joy, who's winning this one, Oregon State or Washington State? Oregon State. All right, what about you, Anthony? Not so fast. I don't know about that beaver. I, I'm going to go with the Cougars. That's, All that's right. a meaner headgear there. Meaner headgear. He's going Cougars. Adrian, your turn. I'll go Wazoo in this game on the road. All right. A little upset city from Wazoo. I will pick Oregon State. I am with joy all the way. Uh, what about you, Bernie? They're still upset for losing to, to, for losing to Central Michigan, and they're going to they're gonna bounce back. I'm picking Washington State Cougs, Oregon State. Washington State it is. All right, uh, let's talk tiebreaker. Total number of points in the North Carolina State-Syracuse game. Uh, The over-under is just 42, so they are expecting a low-scoring game. Bernie, how many total points are we looking at combined for North Carolina State and Syracuse? 68. You think it's going to shatter the over-under? My goodness, 68 it is. Uh, Adrian. I picked in this one. I, I had 70 points exactly. 70? That's right. All right, I'm going low. I'm going 40. Nice. I think these two teams are going to score a lot of points. What about you, Joy? How many points are we talking about? The over-under is 42. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, 40. I'll go with 40 with you. All right, Joy takes 40. What about you, Anthony? I feel like this is the price is right almost. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to go, $1. But uh, let's go. Uh, I like the 49ers, so let's go 49. 49. There it is. All right, you guys are all locked and loaded. Picks are saved. We have recorded them. We are all set and good to go. By the way, you brought us gifts. Thank you very much. Tell me a little bit about what you brought us here today uh, from from Chick-fil-A. So we brought you our our seasonal milkshake. We've got the Autumn Spice milkshake, which has been just a fantastic tasty treat so we hope you enjoy that and of course our our hero products the original chick-fil-a chicken sandwich thank you and some spicy sandwiches so i hope you all enjoy and of course we can't forget the cows 
brought you some mini cows as well. Thank and you. And so we're uh, happy to be here and hope you hope you all enjoy. Oh, we loved having you. Thank you for being here. And by the way, Adrian, you can't see him because he's behind you, but he had a huge <laughs> when you said when you said that specialty shake, he gave you a fist bump. He started going nice. yes. He was so excited when he heard that news. That's right. So thank you for doing that. Hey, we appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for everything you're doing with the Sun Bowl and keep up the great work at Airway and at Cielo Vista Mall, that's for sure. Joy. Well, it's our Anthony. pleasure. Thank you all. Joy Anthony, appreciate thank you so much for sponsoring this. We have a lot of fun, as you can see, doing this. And our, our, our listeners are huge. Our contestants are huge. They're, you know, are huge. And we have a lot of fun. Thank you for doing this, and thank you for what you do, for not only for the, for, you know, for the Sumble Association, but for everybody in town that, that I, I see you around. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's our pleasure. We, we definitely enjoy this, and we, we definitely had fun with this. And uh, looking forward. Hopefully, hopefully we, we made a lot of winners today. I hope so, too. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Before we get to our final countdown and wrap things up, Adrian's going to send us off to a break with another physical fitness tip from Physical Athletics. What do you have for us today, Adrian? Yeah, thank you so much, Steve. Want to big uh, give a big shout-out to Physical Athletics. I was there this morning, 4 a.m. That's right, 4 a.m. It's a tough wake-up, but uh, I'll do it for Physical Athletics because they remind you after, uh, you know, before you're getting ready for a workout, don't forget to recover after a workout. That's where progress is actually made. During a, work, a workout, you actually break down your body and stress your body, and it's during the recovery process where your body adapts and gets stronger. Physical Athletics is now accepting new clients. They've got athletes 8 years old all the way up to the professional level. They've got adults 20 years old all the way up to 80 years old uh, for beginners or intermediate levels. It's never too late to start your fitness journey. Start it with Physical Athletics just like me. They've got two locations, Far East at Joe Battle, Far East at Eastlake. I'll make the drive. I'm a West Sider. I'll make the drive all the way over there because I know Physical Athletics, they know what they're doing and they get you right when it comes to physical activity. Get a free one-week trial to just see what they're all about. You can call them or text them at 915-996-4476. Just tell them Sports Talk sent you. That's all you have to do to get started with Physical Athletics.